0: Steins, former New York Giant, two time Super Bowl champ on The Jake Brown Show.
1: Welcome to The Jake Brown Show, everybody. CBS Radio's played at it, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. All the above. Jake Brown Radio, Jake Brown Show on your social media networks. The Giants and the Packers, man. It sounds all so familiar. It's happened once. No, it's happened twice. And now it's happening three times in the playoffs. All three, by the way, at Lambeau Field, at the freezing Lambeau Field, where it will be a high of 17 degrees on Sunday. It's probably about 20 more degrees than what it was when this guy played there uh, when he kicked the game-winning field goal back in 2008 and helped them win again in 2012. It is former Giants kicker, two-time Super Bowl champion, Lawrence Tynes. What's up, man?
0: What's up, guys? Thanks for having me.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, we we heard you a little bit on part of my take. We're not going to call Justin Tuck. We're not going to try call uh, Cole Swindell or Tony, Tony Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Um, I wouldn't even know, honestly, how to put another line through. I'm not that technologically advanced to. to no, you, you
0: know, it's funny. We didn't. We just I called him on my phone and like put the phone up
1: to the. You, oh, you had two because you use your home phone. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. No, I I call the interview was done through Skype.
1: Oh, okay. That's Just why.
0: because it's something about sound quality, but um, That's why. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, but we're not going to promote other podcasts here, so we won't say. Right. Um, but can this Giants can this Giants team Lawrence uh pull off a third time a uh, a third Super Bowl run with this dominant defense?
0: You know, we'll see. I, I they've got the makings of a of a team that can do it for, on the defensive side. You know, I'm not real excited about the offense. I don't think anyone is, but you know, if anyone can get it going, number 10 can get it going in the playoffs. And they, they've got a little bit of a spark with Perkins running the ball. Um, I thought he looked really good against a pretty good Washington team the other day. So uh, I'm optimistic. I mean, they're going to have to move the ball offensively. They're not going to be able to, you know, hold Aaron Rodgers to like 10 points like they did the Redskins.
1: What Take us through, I mean, a, a game in Green Bay. You did it twice. You had Tom Coughlin's face looking like a red Gatorade bottle. You you played in temperatures below zero degrees. How hard is it? Uh, 17 honestly sounds like summertime at, at this rate compared to what you played in. I mean, how hard was it to play in those conditions in front of those uh, wild Packer
0: fans? It's tough. It's, a, it's really just mental warfare. Um, you just have to, you know, go in there with a mindset that, you know, they're playing in it, we got to play in it. Um, it's going to be tough, especially in the kicking game. I think you'll see some, you know, short punts and short kickoffs. So there'll be some return, uh, options for the guys, but it's, it's, it's different, but, but at the same time, you have to understand that the other team's playing in the exact same condition. So there's really no excuse uh, you know, should you lose. You just got to go out there and grind it out. That's what they get paid to do.
1: How hard is it as a kicker to try to kick a ball like that? I mean, you I think someone tweeted you that it was like a rock that day.
0: It is. Um, it's It's—it's interesting, you know. its You just got to understand uh, and take your pride out of it that you're not going to be able to kick the ball like you normally do. I mean, 17 is cold. Uh, minus 23 in 08 was really cold. So, you know, 45 yarders are going to be, you know, pretty much – you know, forty-five to fifty, depending on if there's any kind of wind, is going to be your max. But um, it does affect the kicking game drastically, both punters and kickers.
1: What is your prediction for the game?
0: I think the Giants are actually going to win by by more than a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that the you know they've been on this. The Packers almost talked themselves into this 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 race that they've been on. What is it, seven game win streak? Six, seven, six.
1: Six. So, six. Um,
0: yeah. I don't think they've really beaten anybody. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I don't Detroit. think the
0: Giants are afraid. I mean, they're going to yeah. go in there with confidence, especially with that defense, and, and play lights out. I don't think that the, the Packers have seen a secondary like that. I mean, DRC, Jenkins, and Collins, and then they've got a superior secondary than anyone they've ever played against this year, so I think that'll be a big deal. Uh, I know they beat them early in the year, but um, I like the Giants by at least 10 points.
1: Wow and then a potential third matchup with Dallas you see them being able to trump them for a third time
0: that's going to be tough I mean I know they've beaten them twice you're gonna get a team that's coming off a two weeks rest and knows them you know intimately from you know being in the same same uh, division but that'll be a tough that's going to be their toughest test if they get through Green Bay as Dallas because if anybody knows the Giants, it's it's the Cowboys, and both of those games have been really close.
1: And you would say after that you don't see them having trouble with a Seattle or a Atlanta?
0: No, because we all know what Matt Ryan's going to do in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and we all it, Seattle's just not who they used to be. Um, Seattle doesn't scare me at all. I think they're going to lose this weekend. Um, but Atlanta, I'm just not sold on them. I mean, it's Matt Ryan. I just – he's got to do more for me other than throw touchdowns in a regular season.
1: How important was it for you, Lawrence, um, considering the brutal weather conditions? You missed two late field goals in that fourth quarter in 2008. Tom Coughlin showed a lot of faith with you, and he went with you in that overtime uh, for that game winner.
0: You know, he didn't go with me. I made his decision for him. Hmm. I, I ran out there without anyone telling me we were kicking a field goal. So um, – I actually showed him that I was going to go kick. Um, I don't think he would have called it, to be honest with you. I ran out there as soon as that ball hit the ground on the incomplete pass. I look around. There's no holder, no snapper, and I'm just sitting out there, you know, at the 37-yard line like, hey, guys, are we going to kick this? And then I saw Fiegel standing next to Coughlin, and and he was like, you can kind of shoot him onto the field, said, all right, go kick it. So –
1: so you led the charge to do that kick.
0: Uh, Tom is on record uh, of saying, you know, I didn't, I wasn't planning on kicking it until I saw Lawrence out there. So um, I kind of took that into my own hands because, listen, I was three for five that day. It was the best, best game of my life uh, with the conditions. But the forty-three yarder I missed in um, in, the, in the fourth quarter was, you know, you learn more from your mistakes. I'm sure you guys have all heard that. But, like, that 43-yarder, I hit it really good and just missed it a little bit left. So I knew if we got the opportunity from anywhere just inside 50 that I could make it. Um, And then I started the last one a little bit further to the right, and it it curled right down to the middle. So I learned from missing on that 43-yarder.
1: I mean, did you and Coughlin talk after that, be like, hey, like, I mean, the fact that you ran out there and then you you proved him wrong kind of, uh, did he say anything after that?
0: Um, I don't know that I proved him wrong because I just don't know that he ever was, you know, going to go on record as saying we weren't going to kick it, Mm -hmm. but the fact that he saw me out there gave him enough confidence that like, all right, well, if Lawrence is out there and thinks he can make it, I'm going to, you know, put my trust in the player. So, um, you know, I don't know. I'm sure we're all happy that that I made it. Probably me more than others because I would have had to live in Green Bay for the rest of my (laughs) life.
1: (laughs) I remember watching that game in my friend's uh, basement and... We were nervous as hell. We were like, oh, no, you missed two in the fourth, please. We're all holding hands like Definitely. kumbaya, my lord, going on. And then I almost broke my finger in celebration when you made it. Um, field goals today, I feel like kickers, I mean, this year was not good for kickers. Uh, are you a fan, first of all, of the extra points being pushed back?
0: Yeah, I like it. I think what you're seeing now is is there's a there's a group of really good and then there's a bunch of just okay guys. Uh, I don't think you can be average anymore and, and stick around in the league for a long time because we're seeing that with the, this new PAT. Um, it's kind of exposing some guys, but I would love to be able to kick right now. I mean, I'll be honest with you, like I would love it. I think it's it's truly separating the good from the from the average.
1: What I mean, why, what's wrong? Like why what's happened to kickers? Why do we see so many miss extra points? So many missed chip shots?
0: it's just it's become it's become so mental for the guys because you know a lot of guys have talked about this at nauseam all year is, is when you go out there and kick a PAT I mean to the average fan that means nothing to anybody but to us it was like a practice rep so you went out there boom you made it I feel good about myself and not all the time did you start with the PAT so that's kind of an excuse but you know these guys are missing these um these 33 yard kicks and we all think of an extra point as is, is supposedly automatic. Well, the NFL fan base still thinks it should be automatic. Well, it's 33 yards. I mean, if you kick 40 of those a year, you're going to miss one or two just on average. But um, I just think guys are having a tougher time getting over it, the fact that they can't um, – You know, if they miss one, they carry it over to their next kick and it becomes a big deal. So, I mean, Stephen Houshko, my goodness, he's – He's missed what, 3 or 4 inside 30 yards this year?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's just bizarre. And mm-hmm. he's one of the, I thought he was one of the best guys in the game, but you know, it's starting to become mental warfare with these guys and that's why I say you're separating the good from the from the average. It's just these guys that cannot let go of miss kicks aren't going to stick around a league long.
1: Lawrence Stein, two-time Super Bowl champion, LT4 kicks on Twitter. Speaking of LT, when you came to New York, uh, it was kind of a change where your nickname was LT, and then there was some other guy, I don't know, some Lawrence Taylor dude uh, that played for the Giants that was LT. W- wasn't there something where where you went to an event and they said, hey, you can't call yourself that around here or something?
0: Yeah. Um, so when I got traded uh, in 2007, the, I, I flew up to New York, and the first thing I, I went to was the Giants golf tournament over at uh, Westchester. I think it was country club. And so I'm meeting everyone for the first time, like um, Jerry Reese, Coughlin, all these guys. And so I meet Harry Carson with Jerry Reese. And Harry Carson said, uh, what's your name, young man? I said, uh, Lawrence Times, but I go by LT. And he goes, no, you don't. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I forgot where I was. Um, yeah, Lawrence will work just fine, Mr. Carson. <laughs> uh, funny story. So to, to play on that story, so six months later, um, I hit that kick in green bay and you know harry traveled with us uh, mm-hmm. with the team and so um, we're in the locker room and harry came up to me and he goes i'll call you lt now so that was that was after the green bay kick so that was pretty cool yeah
1: that's that's a good story right there uh you, you go out and kick another game winner in uh 2012 in the nfc title game against the 49ers what was that experience obviously the first one seems like it was bigger because you went out at, You go out and beat the uh, Packers in the frigid cold. You beat the undefeated Patriots. But what was that experience going out and winning another NFC championship for the Giants like?
0: That one was fun. Um, You know, the conditions that day were sloppy, wet, rainy, West Coast, San Francisco weather. So the field conditions were tough. Um, And it felt like it took freaking forever to kick that because we go out there, we get a delay a game, and then we line it up, and we get a timeout. So I'm out there for, like, it felt like an hour just waiting to kick it. Um, I had no concerns on whether I was going to make it or not, but it just felt like it took forever. But that was another fun one. Um, again, anytime you can kick your team into the Super Bowl, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun to turn around and see 52 guys, like, jumping up and down like kids. So that's what makes it fun.
1: Are you a believer in the fact that you guys get iced by timeouts, or is that a bunch of BS?
0: It just depends. Uh, I mean, it's worked once in my career um, on me. I, I think it's happened probably seven or eight times. It's only worked once, but it was a 54-yard field goal. So um, I don't know. I mean, it backfired on Andy Reid a couple weeks ago against the Titans. Chiefs-Titans game, you know, suck-up missed. Andy called the timeout, and then he hits it in the second time. So, uh, I don't know. I, here's here's what I would do. If I was a special teams coach, I would tell my head coach, hey, look, call the timeout before he even gets lined up. And then you just let him sit out there. I mean, because nine times out of ten, I would tell Zach or whoever was snapping for us at the time just to snap it. If you hear a whistle, snap it, because then I want to get a practice kick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not going to call delay a game on you if you kick it. I'll just say, look, I – I couldn't hear you, you know, so I would I would call the timeout before you actually ever get lined up. And just if you're going to do it, do it then.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's interesting to hear your perspective because so many people are indifferent on it. I feel like, do you feel like for a rookie kicker, it, it makes sense to do it? Like, does it matter? Like, if you do it versus Janikowski, it'll work less than if you do it against, like, Aguayo?
0: Um... <laughs> Well, God, I would just let Aguayo kick it. He's probably gonna miss half of them anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh,
0: um, yeah. I, I, it's hard to say, man. I'll be honest. With you. I would just, I would just call it. Whether you're a first year guy or a ten year guy, I would just, um, I would call it before they ever got lined up.
1: Interesting. Lawrence Tynes joining us. Um, the the Chiefs, your other former team. You had a couple stints with the Chiefs. We we said before you don't believe in them to go on a deep run this postseason. Why is that?
0: Well, I'll tell you this. I think they can. We've talked about Alex Smith a little bit before we got on the show. But I, if Alex Smith plays well, they can win. I think they're the only team that can actually go into New England and beat them. Now, he has to play damn near perfect because he just does not put the ball down the field. But with Kelsey and, and, and I think it's Hill, Tyreek Hill, yep. Tyreek Hill has added a whole other dimension to this team. I mean, I get to see him every week living in Kansas City on TV, and they are – they're pretty good, man. I mean, they, defensively, they're good. Uh, but offensively, they're playing at a whole other level now with number 10 because they, they let them run the ball. They run sweeps, screens, and then Kelsey. Uh, Macklin, they don't use enough. But, you know, they'll send Tyreek Hill on a go route for 90 yards. I mean, he's faster than anyone on the field. So I I think the Chiefs, are the, Chiefs and Steelers are the only two teams that can actually, you know, have a chance to go up to New England and win.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's so unfortunate what happened with the Raiders because I thought they would have had a shot. Yeah, um, it was tough. Now you have Connor Cook starting, and then Brock Osweiler were forced to watch for 60 more minutes of our lives, which is <sighs> just uh, hurts my eyes. Um, and then we got to see the Dolphins. who I, I mean, the Dolphins give Adam Gase all the credit in the world, but they had some sloppy wins. They're not really a playoff team in my mind. It's It's really Steelers, Chiefs. It's weird in the NFC you have a pretty stacked set of five, at least five teams and you throw the Lions as a good team, and the AFC it's really three good teams now with these quarterback problems.
0: Yeah, I, you know, the NFC is stacked. I, I mean, you could pick any you know five of the six teams that could win it all. So the AFC is a little bit more one-sided with New England. Um, I'm telling you, it, if, if Kansas City gets to play New England, I know you guys don't watch them a lot up there, but mm-hmm. they're good, man. They, I, I've watched them closely. I've tried to look for their weaknesses. I mean, they really don't have one. I mean, they do everything really well. Their special teams is good. Their kicker and punter are really good. So uh, they're a team that, you know, I would like to see, you know, maybe them against the Giants. That would be fun.
1: Or Giants-Pats part trois.
0: Oh my God, could you imagine that?
1: I, I don't, that's I, if know. I, I'm, I'm going to pick right now. I'm going to say Giants-Pats. I think that's... Yeah, I I just think the Giants' defense is so good and they're playing so well right now, um, that I, it sucks Shane Vereen's out because I think he would have added another dimension on offense that they've struggled. It's weird with the Giants because you think their offense would be so explosive. I uh, do, I know. And they've struggled, but I, I think also um, getting to play in those domes in late January is going to be so good for Eli uh, versus playing in that cold weather. Although he's succeeding in cold weather, it surely makes things easier. Um, what was it like growing up with a navy seal for a father in in random news
0: um it was uh very strict yeah uh tough disciplined um all those things you would think it was like he was he was he was almost like Coughlin that's why I think I played so well under Coughlin I felt like my dad um (laughs) the discipline um of you know taking care of what you got to take care of I mean there was a A chore list in the morning that had to be completed by the time he got home um so yeah i mean it was good i mean i'll be honest with you i hated it growing up but you know looking back on it and how i went through college and how i go through life now i mean it it, he, he raised me the right way
1: did coughlin on that note ease up as the years went on like at first we know he was a strict and stern leader but during that second run did you look at him as, as a little bit easier going
0: no you know Tom never changed like it, you know I got there in 07 so I think he had to come to Jesus like that year is when you know people were like hey if you don't change you know they're going to run you out of the city and so yeah. I, I got there prior to that so the only Tom I know is from 2007 on and I mean, he, he's always been a disciplinarian. I never saw him change in the six years I was with him. I mean, he, was, he had this black-and-white schedule. Everything was the same every day. I never looked at a schedule after my first year. I knew exactly where to be, when to be there. Um, so he's so detail-oriented. I mean, he's just business as usual, and, you know, he's competitive. And he wants to be the best-dressed team in pregame. There was a reason we wore suits and ties. And when you're in the hotel, you couldn't be out of your suit and tie if you were in the lobby. I mean there was a lot of reasons for that uh when you look back on it after you're done playing you'll you'll probably realize more why but um no he never changed man even after the first one even the second one you know i played the year after that and he wanted to win another one so tom is uh you know I, uh, personally i hope he doesn't go coach the jaguars because i'd <laughs> like to see him get in the hall of fame here in a couple of years
1: Yeah, he's, he's got enough gray hairs on his head where he can't coach the jaguars now uh do you see him making a return somewhere uh, next season?
0: I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, He's so competitive. Uh, I think he would be the ideal coach to go into Jacksonville because, you know, they have some pieces. They got to –
1: you
0: know, they got to – I don't know what kind of quarterback he is, but he, he looks like he has all the tools. I just think he needs some coaching. and Tom can go in there and get that team on the right track. I mean, they've got some players and then maybe hand it off to somebody else. but.
1: Well, people thought they'd be a playoff team this year, and look how bad they were. Terrible. Yeah.
0: Um, You know, a lot of that might be coaching. I think Tom could uh, put together a staff that could go in there under his leadership and, you know, do well. But we'll see what happens. I don't know. You think he'll take that job?
1: I don't. I think there – maybe, maybe he takes the Rams job. I don't know. Oh, no. Um, I I just think L.A. maybe. A better atmosphere uh, than Jacksonville, but – Obviously, he does have the past relationship with Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, I, he's got a house in Jacksonville. I, yeah. I don't see Tom in LA. Yeah,
1: you he's I not did, a Hollywood guy. I
0: don't know guy. if he knows the Rockies or anything, but he's got a house in Jacksonville that he just completed, like in 2012 or something like that, mm-hmm. 13. So,
1: I just don't see the benefit for him. They're just—I mean—they're getting better, but they're not ready to win yet.
0: No. Well, neither are the
1: Rams. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, I don't know where he's. Uh, if, th- if those are the only two options, then it's going to be a long off season. Um, I remember
0: at the Bills too. I'm just like. Yeah. yeah,
1: the Bills. I could. You could see that. Uh, they're they're a team that could make the playoffs next year. I mean, the Jaguars aren't a bad division. So an eight right. and eight record next year could win the division. Um, Lawrence Tynes on the Jake Brown Show. Played on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, is is President Trump? Are you going to reach out to him? To, to help out with your brother here
0: President Trump will be out of office by then so or no he won't he won't be in the office. so my brother should know something here in the next two months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I've kind of looked at all the, the profiles of the, the people that have gotten clemency and um, my brother fits the he's the picture of what they're releasing nonviolent drug offender that's been in way too long. I mean he's he'll have served 14 years in May. Uh, of a 27-year sentence for marijuana, and it's legal in you know five states. So um, we'll see. Uh, I'm optimistic. I, I, I'm leaning towards. Uh, I'm pretty sure he is going to get out, just based on the people that Obama has released. So we will see. Fingers crossed. Well, well,
1: what what is what is like what is that like? What do you mean? Like, if you guys talk with Obama, is he working on it? Like, what's the schedule right now?
0: So no, it's it's so clemency is. Um, it's basically attorneys work on it for you, mm-hmm. and so they petition to the Congress and government that, hey, you know, you guys said you want to get these nonviolent drug offenders out of your prison system. Well, here's a candidate, right? And so my brother is obviously a prime candidate due to his over, you know, his sentence was just incredible for the time, to- at the time frame, I mean, 27 years, That's he's ridiculous. already served 14, um, and his charge was strictly marijuana no weapons no violence no rape no murder so he and my brother is serving you know that amount of time for marijuana which is completely unjust based on today's laws
1: well i'm hoping if he gets out you and him spark maybe the fattest blunt uh on the planet <laughs> That
0: would be against his probation i would assume. <laughs> yeah
1: that's that's true um but uh, what, what do you think about marijuana? In the NFL are you are you against the the pot? Uh, I mean, a guy's getting suspended ten games for smoking. is kind of just unreal.
0: That's their fault though. They should never get caught. It's almost like like half our team, half of any team I've ever been on, smokes pot. So mm-hmm. it's like if you do it, you only get tested like right before camp starts. And then uh, I'm not a smoker myself, but I'm just saying. If you clean yourself up like a month before camp starts, take your test, boom, for the next 11 months, you can smoke every day of your life. But those guys that get caught are the ones that get pinched right before training camp because they they don't clean up enough before camp starts. Once you pass that test in training camp, though, you're good to go. They're not going to test you for uh, marijuana the rest of the season.
1: So they only test in August? That's it, all year, if you've never Here's the
0: problem. If you fail that test, they're going to test you three times a week. They can, wow. three or four times a week. So what happens is the guys you guys read about, they've all failed a test one time. So now they're in the program. So they, they can get tested up to three times a week. Sometimes it's one. Sometimes it's none the next week. Sometimes it's three the following week. It just depends. So those are the guys that continuously get caught. They got caught in the – you know, at some point right before the season started or during OTAs. I think he, they're doing the test now either during OTAs or right before camp. They'll do half it during OTAs, half the team. So if you take your test as a player during OTAs, boom, you're home free until next year's OTAs. Huh? So the guys that get caught are just dumb. Yeah. I mean, if you're a smoker and you know, I mean, which some of the guys, a lot of the guys are, I mean, it's just part yeah. of the deal. Uh, you can, if you're disciplined enough, you clean up before you know when the test is coming, and then you've got like 11 months. So never understood how guys
1: can do it. Yeah, come. I mean, even if you smoke, I mean, there. I don't know if they track it with your test, but there's drinks that get it out of your system. You can do it a week before and take one of those drinks and it gets out of your system.
0: Yeah, but they test for all that.
1: Oh, okay.
0: All those masking agents and stuff. So like if you have that in your system, that's a failed test.
1: Huh, okay. I'm sure a lot of guys have tried that.
0: Oh, sure. And they probably, once they that registers on the test, they get pegged just as a failure just for having it. Yeah.
1: Huh. So. I, didn't, I didn't realize they only do it once a year. That's crazy. NBA is, is pretty lax on, on it, too, as well, I think.
0: Well, they wouldn't have any players if they tested <laughs> every
1: week. NBA, I know 90% of the league smokes, like, without a
0: doubt in my mind. I'm probably being generous saying 50% in the NFL, but I'm just. I,
1: yeah, I've talked to former players who say 75%, honestly, in the yeah. NFL. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it eases uh, a lot of the pain that you guys have to deal with. Um, Listen,
0: it's, it's more of a – right. I never looked at it – I never looked at a teammate that I knew smoked weed and said, you're screwing up our team. Like, I, yeah. they're just not doing it for that – they're not doing it to be cool. I mean, they're way beyond the age of – so I uh, I can certainly see, you know, at some point here in the next decade where it's the NFL lets them smoke it.
1: Yeah, we'll see if the no fun league uh, – Allows a little bit of fun, but last question here because I, I forgot to ask it: story or non-story? The uh, the Giants on the boat down in Miami with Bieber and Trey songs
0: Non-story, but man, could the, could the, could the boys bring a pair of shorts? <laughs> You're going down to Miami in, in some jeans? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, I, that to me, I, non-story. Because listen, I don't care what anyone does on their day off, as long as they're back to work the next day. Mm-hmm. So. But man, you got to come with a pair of board shorts or something. And <laughs> he, you can't be out there in a pair of jeans and some Timberlands.
1: Well, Eli said I, I, he, he, they forgot their shirts. He wished they were wearing shirts.
0: Right, that um. was funny. I saw there's you know NFL memes and on um, Instagram does funny stuff. And I think the Bleacher Report put put a they they, they photoshopped
1: uh, Eli in with no shirt. Right? Yeah, <laughs> amazing. <laughs>
0: And Eli had the greatest uh, line today. I guess someone said where he was. You know, he told them that they didn't pack right because they didn't have any shirts.
1: Yeah. Oh my God, Eli. You can't get a better quote than uh, Eli Manning. Uh, Lawrence Stein's two-time Super Bowl champion, Giants-Packers again. Um, rooting for the Giants, man. I say Giants-Pats. Okay,
0: you- I like that. I listen. I, I'm pulling for that because um, that means I would be down at the Super Bowl, getting to do all kinds of events and making money. So
1: there you go. Oh, will you, are you going to Lambeau or no?
0: Uh no man I'm going to I'm going to sit this one out in my living room at nice. 70 degrees instead yeah. of uh I thought about it I really did think about going but I t- I saw the temperature I'm like I've already done that show.
1: Now what if, what do if they go to Dallas?
0: Oh hell yeah I'll be there. Okay. Yeah. And I'll definitely s- go to that Seattle? one. Seattle? So,
1: would you go to Seattle?
0: I would probably yeah.
1: Would you go to Atlanta?
0: I would. Yeah, anywhere but Lambeau. I've spent my enough time on that field.
1: It's be a Magic City Monday down in Atlanta. Be careful.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Atlanta, I, w- I would do all of the above except Lambeau. I mean, I love Lambeau, don't get me wrong. I love the people there. They're great fans, but I'm not going to sit in zero degrees without something to, you know, unless I'm playing a football game. Yeah,
1: I, I don't blame you, bro. Lawrence Tynes, former Giant kicker, Super Bowl, two-time Super Bowl champion. Appreciate you coming on the show,
0: man. You got it. Thanks for having me.